welcome back to this special episode of the Triple Team Podcast. Um, as always, I'm Jared Castillo. I'm a graduate student here at USC, and with me tonight is... Daniel Wynn. I'm a junior at USC. Taj Mayfield, sophomore at USC. And it's kind of a, a weird little podcast tonight because we didn't, we didn't necessarily plan for this, and... I don't think any of us thought that this podcast would be happening, at least this topic would be happening so quickly. But just to recap, you know, Kobe Bryant died on the 26th on Sunday. And just to get your guys' thoughts on it, like, what was what was happening? What was going through your mind when it happened? Um, You know, it, it just feels like yesterday that I was sitting on the couch and I was in middle school just watching Kobe Bryant hit that buzzer beater against Miami in 2009 it's just it is it's just surreal to think he's he's gone at first I thought it was fake since especially as it was coming from TMZ but um I just I could not leave the TV set all day on the 26th I still own a replica eight you know toy little eight ball I I bought the Staples Center back in 2006 at at my first Laker game ever Sunday was I was just speechless. I just I just didn't know what to say. Yeah, I got a friend texting me and he was like, wait, did Kobe really die? And I was like, what are you talking about? That sounds crazy. So then I just kept refreshing Twitter and I saw it. And then I just kept refreshing, waiting for like, this was fake news, it was a prank. They got us, ha, ha, ha. And then it's just confirmed. And then I just sat down in a chair for like an hour, like not knowing what to do. It was like, Kobe's the last, literally the last name that I would imagine something like that happening to. I always envision Kobe like being like how Bill Russell is right now, just gray-haired around the game forever. So hearing that Kobe died was crazy to me. I probably cried like or got teary-eyed like 10 times on Sunday. Um, when I first initially heard the news, um, I, have, I have a buddy that works at Spectrum. He was a grad student last year. So the first thing I, like, you know, I called him, and, I mean, his reaction was the same as mine. He was literally editing um, some footage for the for the show for the, the the shows he works on there, so and you know that the events on Sunday literally changed the entire plan for for the shows at Spectrum. Yeah, and and Taj, you kind of you you touched on it a little bit. I just want to know where you guys were, what you guys were doing when the news broke. Because for me personally, I know that I was you know just chilling in my room, and then I was checking my Twitter feed. And the first thing I saw was um, was a buddy of mine, Hunter Patterson's uh, his Twitter, and he was talking about how the Kobe news, he hoped it wasn't real. And then I saw someone post right above him saying that he really hopes the news wasn't real. And so at that point, I was like, what's going on with Kobe? Did he like get some... At that point, I knew something was kind of off because when I looked to uh, Twitter and then I put his name in on the... Uh, on the search bar, nothing came up. Like Twitter was kind of down, and I was like, "What the? What's going on?" And so I waited a few minutes, and then I checked it again, and then that's when everything just started, you know, flowing out. And I saw TMZ report it, and I was like, "It's TMZ. It's probably not true." And then once I saw Adrian Wojnarowski do it, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is real." Um, this celebrity death kind of. Usually, I don't really care about. I'm not trying to be a bad human being, but like generally, I, 
I don't I didn't really care. It doesn't really affect me, but this this one this one hit me weird. I mean, maybe my memory is foggy, but people I don't recall people reacting like this during the death of Michael Jackson. Like I I've never really seen local TV anchors literally choke up on set. I I, I have never seen that in my life. O over over a you know, a death of someone like you you weren't one hundred percent close to. So it, 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 this this death was it just hit harder than I expected. Where were you when when you found out? Um, I was you know back home visiting my parents. It is just like as you know, lifelong Laker fan. It's it, it, it's it's weird knowing that you're the person you grew up idolizing is he's gone. Is like I I was you know I was doing work for my other job. I just couldn't believe it. I don't think any of us could, honestly. Um, and Taj, to you? Oh, uh, yeah. I was sitting in my apartment trying to... I was about to do, like, a whole day of homework, and none of that homework got done. Right. Like, I couldn't do anything all day. All I did was watch ESPN and just watch everybody, like, give their tributes. And it was like, with each tribute, I got more and more teary-eyed. It was just a sad day all around. It was, it was like the world paused for a day. Yeah, and... You were talking about tributes. I just want to know, like, what do you think of the teams taking an eight-second violation and then a 24-second violation? And I, and I know that some players are actually, you know, changing their numbers midseason. I know the Dallas Mavericks, they retired the jersey, the number 24. So what do you guys think about all of that? Is that the right way to to do it, or is there, like, another way to pay tribute to Kobe? I think it's a, the best way you can do right now. Like, the NBA, like, everybody was calling for the NBA to cancel games, but... That's just not logistically possible to cancel that many games and then reschedule them. Personally, it's what Kobe would have advocated for. I don't think Kobe wouldn't. Kobe would have wanted any, everyone to continue playing if it were up to him. Mm -hmm. If he were here. But yeah, I think the eight second and twenty four second violation is just showing how much of an impact Kobe had on this generation's basketball. So everybody's just trying to do the little bit that they can do to honor. Yeah, and I was also seeing that there were petitions going around that they were potentially thinking about changing the, the logo to Kobe, something Kobe-related, and potentially renaming the All-Star MVP to Kobe. And I don't know if that necessarily, at least the logo thing, I don't think that would necessarily work that yeah, way. Yeah, I don't think the logo thing would work because they don't even pay Jerry West right now for the logo. Mm -hmm. Like, I was reading about that. Like, they claim that it's not really Jerry West, so they don't pay him any royalties or anything. So I don't think they would be able to get away with that with Kobe Bryant. Like, we would all know you guys just changed the logo because of this, and it's Kobe Bryant. But definitely, I think they should name an award after him. And I heard one cool idea of, like, having the East for the All-Star game where eight and the other's team were 24. Like, just stuff like that. That would be a good idea, actually. Yeah. I've, I've always been a fan of what they do in Europe. Instead of retiring numbers, you get, they have honorary numbers, like 10 seven so i mean i just think it's just, i've always liked the idea of you know in basketball if you're you're the prime player you 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 either wear 23 24 or 8 that is just just make 24 and 8 an honorary number for the best player on the team but then that kind of gets into the the whole question of who is quote unquote the best player right because these basketball players they have like incredible talent don't get me wrong but they also have incredible egos as well yeah i think that's something easier for like high school and college levels when it's clear like that guy's the best player on the team but in college you've got 
you could have like somebody who was just averaging twenty in college, led his team to a Final Four, and now he's going to be a rotational player. If that, yeah. So I mean, I think it's going to be too hard is, to judge. This is what they do in Europe. So I mean, it's it's a way to preserve all the numbers, and you know, just it's it's. I think it's it's a smart code, and I think it's a good. It would be a good way to honor him. I'm not saying it's it's not a good way to honor him, but I'm just saying it's kind of difficult once you get into the logistics of things. Like you can say that. On let's say f- for example the Spurs right you can have Lamarcus Aldridge and Demar Derozan say that oh I am the best player on this team, right and then they could have that internal conflict and then it would just be that I think what you're scenario. saying Daniel is gonna end up happening like anyway across basketball because like if you go to any high school right now the most coveted number is twenty three because of Jordan and what he did or I LeBron think, I, yeah I'm it's just, just the coveted number I think twenty four is probably gonna become equally coveted. I just think it's it's a cultural it's more a cultural thing it's 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 just what they do in Europe eventually like I would like to see I mean it would be cool to see that here right and instead of sorry instead of like just retiring numbers and like like forbidding players to wear that number ever again even though I understand it I just think it's I just think it's a it's a I think it's a smarter way Hmm. to honor people and you you mentioned a cultural thing Um, Kobe Bryant was a legend around Los Angeles and he was in and of itself he was a cultural icon and so I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this what do you think at least in your opinion this is going to be a two-pronged question what do you think is his lasting legacy and what is your personal favorite memory of Kobe I think his lasting legacy is definitely Mamba mentality I think like he's my screensaver right now it's been a thing that's like waking me up to like go to the gym in the morning I think just like that mindset of knowing what you want and just grinding for it 24-7 and just giving it your all, I think that's his lasting legacy. Growing up in Los Angeles, for regardless of how flawed, Kobe wasn't a perfect human being, but growing up, we all wanted to be like him. He was legitimately a superhero. So that being said, I think... In terms of careers, I think his lasting legacy, I mean, Mamba mentality is one of them. But I think of all the legendary players in NBA history, he has he definitely has had one of the more interesting careers of the all-time greats. And, you know, his, his career is ultimately, the story of his career is the lasting legacy here. You know, the Shaq, you know, the beef with Shaq, the triangle, demanding to be traded away. So, yeah, it's... His lasting, his lasting legacy. Not to, I'm sorry for rambling. His lasting legacy is is literally, legitimately the story of his career, of its career itself. So the entire arc of it. Yeah, the the entire arc of it. It's it's one of the more interesting ones in the history of basketball, definitely. Okay. Um. All right. That's a that's an interesting take on it. Um. I'm gonna be completely honest. I wasn't expecting you to take that route. I was hoping to, to hear you say something along the lines of what Taj said, which is the mom mentality. Because for me personally, that is what I think is ultimately his lasting legacy because you can apply that mentality to anything else you do. It doesn't have to be sports, right? You can be literally anything you want as long as you put hard work, determination, and just striving to be better each and every day and just trying to be better than you were yesterday. And I think that's just a message that encapsulates you know, Kobe's entire persona, his entire being. And to get to the second part of the question, What's the one memory that really stands out to you pertaining Kobe? I will never forget the, the 2009 regular season game at home at Staples Center 
um, against Miami. I, like up to that point, I've never, as a little kid, growing up watching basketball, I never really seen a buzzer beater before. That was like, that was my first buzzer beater. So, I, I will never forget the joy and you know, angering everyone in my in my in my household for waking them up. So, um, I mean that that's one of my great moments. But another a close second will be his uh, last championship in t- in 2010. I think that of all the championships, that's that that will go down as one of the more of his more dramatic uh, championship runs. So I'll, I'll I'll never forget beating Boston in seven games. Why so? And I'll get to you in a minute, Taj. I'm not sure. It's just it was game seven. It was it was a pretty close game. I could be wrong. It's just my memory. It was a very intense night. Um, and the fact that we beat Boston in seven games, arch rival, Boston, and to be I know this is gonna come off a little weird, but I had a funny feeling that was probably his last championship. It it was it was a little bit of a dramatic way to to close that championship window, and I had a feeling that weird feeling that things weren't the same again. Okay, okay. Uh, my favorite Kobe memory is probably my first memory of basketball. It was the 2008 Finals when it was Kobe lost to the Celtics, and I had um bet my um granddad. I was like, I bet Kobe's gonna win because my middle name is um Jacoby. I was named after Kobe Bryant for my middle name. It's pretty cool. So I picked Kobe Bryant to um win it. He lost, but at, like the finals, it was so interesting to just watch him go up against like these three Celtics. And I remember just Pau Gasol getting like called soft every day, and I was like, why is he getting called soft? But anyways, that was my probably my favorite Kobe memory because that's what got me into loving basketball. That final series. I mean, there there have been so many uh, moments. I mean, his his battles against. His games against Toronto, I I I remember very vividly this eighty-one point game. Me and my me and my brother were like we got home we just got home from like a family dinner and like we we just I remember like hurriedly like going up to the TV and you know switching up to FS1 just you know just to watch the eighty-one point game. I mean things like that. Yeah, and another thing that at least for me personally, like the eighty-one point game is one of those games that. Once you saw it, it was it was mesmerizing. You can't necessarily turn it off because even though you know, watching it back, even though you know he's gonna hit eighty one, you think he might he might get a hundred. Even oh, watching it back, you think he might do it. This dude could flat out ball. He could do it right now. But to be fair though, the Lakers did need all eighty one points against the Raptors of all teams because even Sam Mitchell said like. Yeah, what we were doing didn't work against them defensively, but if he didn't score at least 60, they would have lost. I mean, it's crazy. That just shows the determination and basically the grit that Kobe had. And along those lines, I think for me personally, my favorite moment would have to be when he tore his Achilles against Golden State. I remember the game. It was, yeah. it was pretty depressing that night. We, 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 I mean, of course, the Lakers obviously made the playoffs, but... That it's it's, I mean, if he hadn't given that pressure, I don't know if the Lakers would have made that pl- the players that year. Yeah, they literally limped into the playoffs. Yes, and I I was I was just reading something about how he the second he made that drive on Harrison Barnes, he knew it was torn because it just started curling up on his leg, and he was like, oh, 
I need to shoot these free throws, and then I'm out. But the reason why that comes to mind is because not for the not for the Kobe reason, but for the fact that I at the time I didn't think Harrison Barnes fouled him. I was so mad at that because he was playing good defense. He was standing right next to him, explodes to his what was it to his left, and then he just goes down. And I'm like, that is not a foul. There's no angle that shows a foul. And I was so mad. And then I realized that dude tore his Achilles. And he was still able to come back, shoot two free throws, and walk himself to the locker. It's ridiculous. Room. I actually initially I remember I I actually like had a hard time believing he was really hurt because of the way he got up, and he shot like he shot those free throws effortlessly, like there was no pain at all. That's why it took a little while for me. It took me like the next morning to finally like figure out. Oh, he's hurt. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, he was was crying after like when he was in the locker room he was crying when you know reporters were saying what do you think it is do you think it's this do you think it's that he was correct me if i'm wrong he was crying right he was i don't remember that i remember either. i remember yeah he was yes. yeah and just think if tearing an achilles shooting two free throws walking yourself back to the locker room is what causes you to cry like damn like the rest of us have nothing on that because yeah, people could like bash their finger on the door and they'd be like, "Oh my god!" I'm, and then they start crying. This dude tore a very vital part of his like body, his anatomy, and he was just like, "Yeah, yeah, it's fine." If I tear my Achilles, I'm getting wheelchaired off the court. <laughs> I'm not shooting free throws, per- bro. Personally, he was one of the more. He was actually, honestly, he was one of the most toughest players I've ever seen play. Like nothing hurt him. So to see him pain like that, like that was pain. Right, and I was a. Uh, I was listening to another podcast, and they said that. Kobe throughout his entire career, I think he he went through and played through 141 different injuries in his career. It's like MMA statistics, right? <laughs> That's crazy. I I remember the, the period in 2013 when he he got one of his I believe one of his face bones j- like jammed in. I remember the face mask, and honestly, that was him in the face mask. I don't know why, but that was probably one some of his best basketball I've seen from him during that li- that little brief period. Right, right. And there's a lot of basketball that he played that was supreme. Like, I don't think any other player matched. At least for me, I think Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. And, you know, I've seen his highlights. I've seen the Wizards years, although a lot of people don't. People don't remember the Wizards years. Right. Uh, But I do. And I I was, and I saw him play. And even at 38, I saw that, you know, he was getting older, and so a lot of things were starting to break down. But then I saw Kobe, and I was like, this dude is just like MJ. And I started making those comparisons, and I started thinking, you know what? It might not be bad that MJ's retiring because his successor is right here, you know? Like, this dude can carry the NBA. I mean, this is kind of a hot take, but, I mean, Michael Jordan, obviously I think he had the better career, but I, I think Kobe had the more interesting one. Come to th- no doubt, no doubt. Come to think about, if you think about Jordan's career, he didn't really have an adversary. Um, well, not, not, not. I mean, maybe for the Pistons, but he didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't anything like what Magic had with Larry. The Knicks too. The Knicks. He, Michael Jordan roasted the Knicks, but that's not the main point. Like Kobe had like major rivalries throughout the course of his career, and he and he got, and there were times he he did get beat. He legitimately got beat, and and. Compared to Jordan, like Jordan compared to Kobe, I think Jordan had it easy sailing compared to him. He d- he didn't have Jordan didn't have as much off like off the court drama, but you know, 
but that's just my take. That we know of. That we know of. That we know of. But just to just to wrap things up here, I don't know if you guys saw Vanessa Bryant's Instagram post. Yeah, I read it like an hour before. Right. Yeah. Did you? Uh, yeah, I saw it. And I just want to, for those who haven't seen it yet, I'm pretty sure whoever listens to it to this will definitely see it. But she just posted something that says, "My girls and I want to thank the millions of people who've shown support and love during this horrific time." Thank you for all the prayers. We definitely need them. We are completely devastated by the sudden loss of my adoring husband, Kobe, the amazing father of our children, and my beautiful, sweet Gianna, a loving, thoughtful, and wonderful daughter, and amazing sister to Natalia, Bianca, and Capri. We are also devastated for the families who lost their loved ones on Sunday, and we share their grief intimately. There aren't enough words to describe our pain right now. I take comfort in knowing that Kobe and Gigi both knew that they were so deeply loved. We were so incredibly blessed to have them in our lives. I wish they were here with us forever. They were our beautiful blessings taken from us too soon. I'm not sure what our lives hold beyond today, and it's impossible to imagine life without them. But we wake up each day trying to keep pushing because Kobe and our baby girl Gigi are shining on us to light the way. Our love for them is endless, and that's to say immeasurable. I just wish I could hug them, kiss them, and bless them. Have them here with us forever. Thank you for sharing our joy, our grief, and our support with us. And obviously there's a little bit more to that, but I just want to get your your guys' thoughts on, on that. And um, For the life he lived, the way he went out was is, gonna, is honestly the most tragic thing of all. That's all I have to say about it. It's, it's not how it should have been. Not how it should have been. Yeah, it's a really sad situation. Normally, like, because of my own, like, religious beliefs, death doesn't really hit me that hard. I believe, like, going to a better place, but dying like that is just a pretty... It's kind of hard to find, like, the why in it. So it was just a tough situation. Right. It's it's a tough situation that I think the city of Los Angeles will take a very, very long time to... uh to just fully grasp the concept of and just uh, how... In, in my lifetime, I've never really seen the city pause like this before. Yeah. Ever. E- even even during Michael Jackson, i just never seen the city pause like it. Yeah. Um, have any of you guys gone to the memorial at Staples or planning to? I, I was actually planning to go tonight, yeah. I, I plan to go on Friday. Um, yeah, so I... Sorry. It's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, I I actually went yesterday, and it was. It's one of those things where you can't necessarily put into words. Like I saw people from all different parts of the world, just coming together, crying together, and just letting out all this raw emotion. And it's a, it's a very somber place. But considering the impact that Kobe had on each of our lives, I think that's more than just. It's more than just right. So. Any, uh, you guys have any closing thoughts? No, I don't really have any closing. Part of me is kind of like, because I'm from New Orleans, and like when someone dies in New Orleans, we celebrate their lives by like second lining. It's like a celebration of life, so it turns into a party. And part of me kind of like wishes something like, not a party, of course, but something. Like I saw videos of people, like there was a dancing side of the like memorial, and then there was like a grieving side. I wish something like that would happen, like, more widespread even than Staples, like a Los Angeles-wide type thing. Mm-hmm. 
I don't really have any closing thoughts either. It's one of the more sadder moments in sport in, in the history of all American sports. Definitely. Definitely. And with that, this has been the Triple Team Podcast. Again, I'm Jared Castillo. I'm Daniel Huynh. And I'm Taj Mayfield. And as, as Kobe would say, Mamba out.